This is the Daniel Alonzo Wealth on the Beach podcast. I'm a 20-year entrepreneur, investor, and business coach. I've spoken in front of over 300,000 people and been featured in Success Magazine. I became a millionaire at 24. I saved a million dollars in cash by age 28. And I am going to personally help you get totally, absolutely financially independent by creating massive, passive income. Join me now. So welcome to Wealth on the Beach podcast with Daniel Alonzo. I'm your host, and uh, we are bringing together some of the brightest, most amazing people talking about business and life and everything under the sun. And today, we have the amazing uh, Ruby Fremont, and uh, she is a no-nonsense, no-bullshit, bold, not-your-typical-life coach. Uh, that is transforming people's lives around America and Canada. Because I think you're from Vancouver, right? Is that mm-hmm. right? Originally, so, yeah. Originally, and uh, you're out in LA now. Is that is that correct? Yep. <laughs> All right. So, so how did it start out? I mean, what what was your? I mean, where 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 are you? Where are you from exactly? And what was your childhood like? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm originally from Vancouver, BC, Canada, and uh, made the move out to Los Angeles in 2013 to be with my now husband. And um, I was raised in a very conservative culture. Uh, So I am Indian, my parents are from India, and I was the first generation born in Canada. And so as an Indian woman, I wasn't raised to speak my truth, to use my voice. Um, It was very much wear a mask, show up and 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 do what we are told and go the typical path which is go to school get a degree get a job buy a house get married have the kids all those things um i totally disrupted that <laughs> and decided to go about a million other different ways and each of those ways have have really led me to where i stand today Um, It was my own personal journey of transformation that has led me to become as dedicated as I am to helping others evolve in their own transformations, but also helping them own their voice and use their voice to create impact because that has been a massive, massive undertaking in my own life. And it's also been the greatest source of freedom in my life is is gaining the courage uh, to actually use my voice and speak my truth and from there create impact on the planet. So you were pretty much a bad kid then, would you say? Yeah, I was very rebellious. <laughs> I mean, okay. I was the rebel. There's three kids in the family. I was the youngest, the only girl, and I was the rebel. <laughs> and so, so you, you were the rebel without a cause. I did everything behind my parents' back. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I yes. was the rebel and, who was just rebelling for the sake of rebelling. Of course, of course. <laughs> and it, 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 but it, it's amazing to me that so many people that I've been – fortunate to get along with that have done well financially. I mean, I've been in business for over 20 years and uh, all of the people that have done super, super well, it's amazing to me how many of them had pretty crazy childhoods and, uh, and and really kind of, they had that little rebellious spirit about them and it's very common. And I always tell parents that, don't because I have, I have a 16 year old and I have a 12 year old mm-hmm. and when they get rebellious, I, I'm really good about it. 
You know, I, I don't, I'm not trying to suppress mm -hmm. that creativity and suppress that little fight that they have inside of them. And, uh, and my kids are, I mean, they're growing up, I mean, spectacularly well. It really is amazing. I mean, my son, Max, he's like, you know, we got, we got to push them out of the house to go to parties, right. which, you know, <laughs> I, I was at a party on Thursday afternoon, uh, in high school, which of course we didn't go to school. So we were partying on mm -hmm. Thursday afternoon and then we'd go to the party on Friday night and then Saturday night. And, and I can't yeah. barely get my kid out of the house. So, yeah. uh, so was that kind of, I mean, would that describe you a little bit? I mean, as far as like, you, you were, you were a little bit of a crazy kid, maybe? Yeah, for sure. And it wasn't, you know, the rebelliousness comes from anytime a child is rebelling, it's because they're seeking to achieve something that they don't have. So they feel caged or they feel as though they aren't heard or they feel misunderstood. And that leads to the rebellious nature. So for me, my pattern and the story that I kept reliving was like, I don't feel heard. I feel misunderstood. Um, I, I can't express myself. And so what I was really seeking was just that feeling of freedom. And I was going to go about it in any way that I, I could. It wasn't always the right way. There was a lot of detours and wrong paths. You know, the, this path really took me on the journey to, um, I became an addict in my mid twenties. And that was a really tough eight year journey for me. But it's again, that sense of like, I'm just trying to fulfill something, which is that feeling of freedom. And what I didn't know at that time was that freedom is actually achieved through expressing my truth and through expressing my voice. And it wasn't until that I started to do that, that I started to gain that sense of freedom that I had been desiring my entire life. And so for me now, what's most important is helping people, who, the people who I, I deem as um, the new generation of thought leaders, right? There's like a new wave of leaders rising and it, the game is totally different nowadays because we have social media. You know, we're not, it's not just traditional media with social media where everyone is yelling to try and get their voice heard for for the first time ever the internet has made it easy for people to express their truth and yet there is it's that much more difficult to create impact to be heard to have your message hit the masses and it's because of the way in which you're delivering your message. And so for me, my biggest takeaways, you know, that I work with, with clients at my events, my workshops at one-on-one -on -one, is I help them really own their voice and own their truth and understand what it is that they're actually speaking out into the world, but then take that message and bring it to the masses so that their purpose actually becomes fulfilled. And throughout that journey, they gain that sense of freedom that they've been striving for their entire lives. That's awesome. That is well, well said. What, what would you say though? Like, tell, tell us kind of a little bit about that transition of, you know, where you were and, yeah. you know, how you got to this place. Cause I mean, you're, you're well spoken and mm -hmm. you've got a, a lot, you know, you've really transformed your life. You can tell that you've really improved your life yes. to a, a high degree. How'd you get there and where did it start? Yeah, I got here um, from a series of rock bottoms. I, I feel like from the age of I mean, let's rewind. Um, the earliest I could remember experiencing depression and anxiety in my life, now that I know what it is, um, is around the age of 11. And around the age of 11, I started having panic attacks. And so much of it was stemming from that feeling of not being heard or not being um, 
seen or feeling unsafe when I was seen. And because back in that time, like this was the eighties, no one talked about mental illness. It wasn't something that is taught in schools like they do now. Parents aren't as informed in that time to, to really help their children. So I was just deemed moody. You know, everyone called me moody at that time. And to call a child who's dealing with depression and anxiety moody, it perpetuates the problem because now the the child isn't going to feel understood or heard or seen or recognized for what they're going through. So for me, that continued to spiral out of control. I got married in my first marriage at a very, very young age because I thought I knew everything. (laughs) I was 20. I stayed married for five years. um, And that was just one of many toxic relationships that I had been in. And after that first marriage ended, it was like the relationships kept getting worse. My sense of worthiness was shot. And I was just doing anything to just keep my head above water. Um, So in my mid-20s, I remember starting to go out for the first time because I got married really young. I never used to party. So I started partying in my mid twenties and that's when I really started drinking heavily and got into drugs. And then drugs became a part of my almost daily life. I was an addict and I didn't even know it. And I worked at nightlife. I worked as a nightlife promoter and marketing director for nightclubs and as well as event companies that threw large scale raves and events. So for me, the life I was living was very glamorous for for once in my life I felt like people wanted to be around me I felt like I was sought after I felt important when the majority of my life I felt very unseen but I was also mixed up in a very toxic industry and drugs and alcohol were all around me and I didn't realize that I actually had a problem and so my relationships were suffering my friendships were suffering I started Um, isolating myself from my family because deep down inside, I was so ashamed of the life I was living. And yet I didn't even realize that I was ashamed, you know? So I just started pushing all the good things away. And um, I got caught up in a really, really uh, toxic and abusive relationship. And I was in that relationship for four and a half years. And um, I ended that in my very early thirties. And, and it, I found myself in this place and I think a lot of listeners can probably relate to this. It's, it doesn't matter if it's a breakup or anything. You find yourself in this place where you hear yourself saying, why me? You know, that it's like you're this out of body, out of body experience where you hear yourself saying, why me? Why me? And I, I remember that moment. It was different. I, I actually thought to myself, well, here I am again saying the same thing over and over like a broken record. Why do I keep ending up back in this place? And that's when it hit and it hit me like a ton of bricks. It was that the knowing that every single one of my choices and decisions is what brought me to that place. No one was forcing me to do drugs. No one was forcing me to drink. No one was forcing me to stay in those abusive relationships. No one was forcing me to isolate myself and really just be a victim to my depression and anxiety. No one was forcing me to do any of that. I was choosing these things. And so I thought at the same time, what if I just started choosing different? Like, what if I started making different choices and making different decisions? And that was 2012. Um, so 2012 was the beginning of this transformational journey that has led me to where I am today. Um, that is never ending. I'm still on it. <laughs> but I mean, it was a real roller coaster ride and things didn't get 
great right away, but I was persistent and I was committed. I was committed to living a better life for myself. And once I started achieving that and I started talking about what I was going through, people were coming up to me, messaging me on Facebook, messaging me on my blog, saying how much it helped, how much it impacted them. And that's when I knew like, this is, this is my purpose. There's something in this. Um, so I, I went back to school, became a certified life coach, really dove into the personal development space, did my NLP train, NLP training. I mean, I just dove in head first because I, I now became obsessed with this idea of transformation and knowing that this is to anyone. It um, really so was me, though. That, that's what led this. Yeah. Ruby, I mean, you know, because I, I tell people all the time that, I mean, we're one decision yeah. away from changing our life. I mean, you really did make a decision. And I think that's a challenge with a lot of people today. I mean, I, I've, I have 1,500 licensed agents in my organization today. We have 43 locations. I run a financial services business. And, you know, I, I, I mean, so my whole life has been people. I mean, I am in the people business. I train people. I coach people. I mentor people for over 20 years now. And one of the things that I notice is that people, they just don't make the decision. Yeah. They, they, they make, I mean, cause whether it be drugs or whether it be laziness yeah. or procrastination, I believe it's, it's really along the same lines because when you're, when you're making a conscious decision not to work or you're making a conscious, conscious decision to be lazy, to not fulfill your promises, whatever those promises were, I think it's the same. I mean, I, I don't know. What, what do you think about that? I mean, I always say this. Um, people either want it or they want to want it. And I think most people live in the realm of wanting to want it. You want to want a different life. You want to want that purpose-driven career. You want to want all the money, but you don't want to do what it takes to get there. You know, and you don't want it bad enough. It's like you have this desire to really be that person who wants it, but that's not going to get you there. You have to be the person who wants it bad enough to actually do what you need to do. And, and so we are always one decision away, but you really have to want that decision because there were so many other times in my life, so many different ripples of time where I could have said no to the relationships, where I could have said no to drinking, where I could have said no to the alcohol. There were so many opportunities that were handed to me by other people that I refused because I wasn't in that space of really wanting it. It took a lot. You know, I always say rock bottom is a great place to rebuild. For some people, it, it's just how they operate. This is, it, it's necessary for me to get to rock bottom to get to where I'm, to get to where I am at today. But because I've already experienced that now, it's not necessary for me to get to rock bottom again to make another decision that's going to change my life because now I've experienced what it's like. Um, so I think for it's it's a hundred percent the truth. We're all one decision away from a different life. But for those who have never experienced it before, it's really hard for them to relate to that. It seems like a mission that's completely impossible until they get to that they reach that position in their life and they're like, oh my God, it's do or die, or oh my God, I, I'm so fed up with this. I'm done. I want something different. And then they commit. Do you think a lot of people, I mean, I don't know, I'm, I'm just curious, but do you think a lot of people uh, that have not, like maybe they had a, a perfect upbringing and mm -hmm. their parents were perfect, mm -hmm. made a lot of money, they went to the right schools, they had the right education, quote unquote, 
I mean, do you notice that some of those people, they struggle? I mean, trying to achieve some of their dreams, maybe, is there some sort of connection why they seem like they struggle because maybe they didn't ever go through that uh, struggle early on? I don't know. Yeah, I think if if people, so I I know a few people like that who actually have built phenomenal um, speaking and coaching careers, but I also know who you're specifically referring to, and it's almost like they've had everything handed to them on a silver platter. And what that does is it enables people to to feel as though things are just expected. And so what they lack really is persistence and resilience, right? Because how can you, how could you have possibly learned how to be persistent in your life if everything's just handed to you? Or how could you have possibly even understood the capacity of your resilience and what that can get you if you've never had to put it into use? I mean, once people understand resilience and they understand that, hey, I can bounce back up, back up after failure, it's easy to fail, you know, and it's easy to progress. But if people have never experienced that, they're going to do everything in their power to avoid failure. And if failure hits, they're going to give up. And I think that's kind of who you're referring to. Um, so, you know, to any parents listening, <laughs> let your child I, yeah. develop persistence and resilience on their own. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, I, I think it's a lot of the ego. I mean, it's, yeah. the, it's the ego that is so afraid of failing, so afraid of losing, so afraid of that. What is that person going to think about me? And yeah. so they quit so easy. I've seen so many thousands of thousands of people, even in my organization. I mean, we recruit 300 people a month. I mean, so we're, we're, I mean, we're constantly growing and adding new agents, but they're just the, the rate at which they come in and they just slide off the side of the mountain it is enormous because mm-hmm. it, there's just lack of any sort of determination, lack of courage, lack of discipline in try it just because I mean you can't make progress without failure. I mean failure is a part of progress. That's yeah. how you make progress. Again, you don't have to hit rock bottom to to make progress, right. but certainly um, like you said, I mean it, it is it's a great place to build. I mean if there are people out there right now that have hit rock bottom that got beat up that are just you know wiped out I mean, you pick yourself up and you go, all right, it's time. I mean, there's no, you can't get worse than zero. You can't get worse than rock bottom. I, I used to always uh, tell people that because when I first started in business, you know, people said that was crazy. It's sales. And, you know, you, I mean, wonder if you fail, wonder if you, you know, open up an office and it doesn't go well and you lose all this money. And I used to tell people all the time, because one of my personal heroes is Walt Disney and and he used to always say, well, he, he actually went bankrupt six times mm-hmm. before he built Disneyland. I used to tell people, worst case scenario, I go bankrupt and I start yeah. all over and I do it again and I give it a better shot the next time. And so, so anyways, like, I mean, what would you say? I mean, what's, what's one of your biggest mistakes? Huh? I, I make so many mistakes. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I have haven't failed daily. I haven't lived daily. Okay, good. Um, that's my, <laughs> my mottos. Uh, mistakes. Uh, so 
maybe I don't resonate with the word mistakes. I don't believe that there's ever any mistakes. I can talk about failures. Okay. Um, there's yeah. been Tell many me about a failure. Yeah. Yeah. There's been many things that I've failed. So when I first started building this business in 2014, um, I, I remember, you know, being taught by all the strategists and the business coaches, like pick your niche and pursue it and do this and do that. And I applied all these strategies and, and systems that were kind of going, they were steering me away from what I knew to be true for me. And I did create a very successful business within, um, to three years, I, I built a six-figure coaching business full-time, just me, uh, no team. And in, in the world of coaching, that's really hard to do nowadays. And I did that, but it didn't feel good. You know, I had the money in the bank and I was like, awesome. Like I can sell over six figures on stage. This is great. Like I've got clients, I'm booked up. I don't have any space for anything else. This is awesome. And yet... I don't feel aligned. It doesn't feel good. Something didn't feel good in my business. And so one of the biggest failures I feel in my business was not listening to what it was that I really wanted to do. And I really wanted to do in my unique way. And so much of that was stemmed from fear. Like, Ooh, I don't know anyone who's done it my way. So how do I know it's going to work? So let me just do these tried and true systems and strategies that everyone else has used and earned great success with to build this business. And sure, it helped me build it monetary, monetary wise, but not in a way that felt fulfilling. And so I basically then took my business, shut the doors, got rid of 85% of my clients and stopped taking new clients and took about six months to redo everything in my business and really focus on what felt good for me. And I think a lot of people in business forget that piece is like, what feels good? I mean, but you know, and, and I get it, but yeah. I know there's people, I, I know there are people right now that mm -hmm. they are listening to this and ex you know what they're thinking. They're thinking, wait a minute, but I got a family and I got two mm -hmm. kids and I got, so come on, is that bullshit? You know, what, what do you tell those people that say, wait, wait a minute, I can't just live you know, what feels good for me. And, you know, I, I, I can't just live whatever is, is perfectly aligned all the time. Cause I got to make money. I, I got right. mouths to feed and I got a house, a mortgage. And so I got to do shit that I don't want to do sometime. What do you tell those people? Yeah. So this goes with the old, uh, way of thinking, which is how a lot of, you know, our parents were raised, you know, hard work equals money. And this is so ingrained in our society that hard work equals money. We have to work really hard and we have to work really long hours and we have to do things that we don't necessarily want to do to earn money. I'm not saying go quit whatever it is that you're doing and go pursue your purpose. That's just dumb. Like whoever is telling you to do that, that's bullshit. And I've done that. I've gone from one type of business into another business. Um, you know, I used to have a social media marketing business and I weaned my clients off of that as I built my coaching business. But this is about making sure that everything that you do, you find purpose in it. Everything that you do, you need to find purpose in it. Otherwise you become this very systematic robotic human being who's not finding fulfillment or happiness in, or joy in every single freaking day. 
you know, and then what is the point? Then you're and for those of you who have kids or, or spouses, then you're coming home and what kind of energy are you bringing into your home? How is that actually impacting your children and your spouse? Right? So there is a way for you to bring purpose and intention into everything that you're doing. Find the why behind everything that you're doing. And if there's something that you've been waiting on like some sign from the universe or God or whatever it is to like get started on, just get started today. And it doesn't have to look like if, if you want to leave your job and pursue your purpose, it doesn't have to look exactly like that. You leave your job on day one, you start your purpose on day two. No, be smart about it. Start taking every extra hour that you have available to you and put that towards building what it is that's going to bring you more joy. I, th that's I think that's what I'm referring to. <laughs> phenomenal, phenomenal advice. I mean, I, I actually hire, we recruit and train people on a part-time basis. So they'll get excited about coming in business with me and then they'll, they'll, you know, they can do it on a part-time basis. They don't have to quit their job. Right. So they have the opportunity to learn and to be guided. Mm -hmm. And if it works out, you know, if they're here for a year and it works out and they're replacing their income consistently and they're more fulfilled. And cause I mean, the, the truth is most people hate their nine to five job. I mean, yeah. Most people are miserable, miserable, miserable. I mean, I, I tell people all the time. I mean, I, I live in Rancho Cucamonga. I know you live in LA, right? Mm -hmm. Downtown yeah. LA. But I no, tell I, people, I live by the beach actually. So okay, all right. So beautiful. I, I tell <laughs> I tell people all the time. I I, I hate LA. I mean, I, yeah. I I hate only because everybody's telling you you're number one, but but it's the other finger. You know what I mean? And so, you know, when you drive down yeah. there, there's so much traffic, so much anxiety, so many mm -hmm. people are pissed off. So many people are living on their credit cards. So yeah. many people are financially strapped. They're trying to look good for everybody else. And I, I just think it's, it's crazy that people are living like, I mean, it's like a, a, a hamster, hamster, wheel. hamster wheel. It just, I mean, when does it end? And so I'm all, I'm, I'm every day telling people there is a better answer. There is a better answer. And I think some of your answers are the right ones. And so uh, very cool to talk about that. Yeah. And, and it also brings me back to what I said earlier about you either want it or you want to want it. Like they also have to want it. You know, you have to want it and you have to be willing to believe that this can be true for you. You know, I, I worked, I worked in uh, the financial industry for years. I worked at a bank selling mortgages and I hated it. You know, I hated everything about it. Um, I tell people that now they're like, you worked at a bank. Yeah, I didn't have tattoos back then, but it, it was that hamster wheel. And to think if, if we just rewound and met Ruby 10 years ago and asked her, like showed her a snapshot of my life today and said, this is what your life's going to be like in 10 years. I would have said no freaking way. I don't believe that that's true. But within that 10 year span, I made the decision to make it true. And so that's what's real. like, if anything, if that's the only nugget of information you take off of this uh, recording, please take that. Like you have to believe that it is possible for you. And then you have to go out and make it, make it true. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I love that. I love that. And, and so obviously you work with, uh, clients and mm -hmm. you coach, uh, personally coach people. So what's, what's, uh, what's a common problem? I mean, that you see, uh, really holding people back from maybe, you know, may, just say, just talk to somebody in my business where 
they're, they have a, a, a safe and secure job and they are attracted to what I do and they say, I want to build a financial services business, but I'm scared. I'm scared to go all in because wonder if it doesn't work out. And then maybe this affects my other job. You know, what, what are, is that some, like what, why do people get held back from going all in? Yeah. So we have uh, an array of fears and, and beliefs that are locked in our unconscious mind. And we pick these up as we um, grow up, you know, and a lot of these beliefs that are stemmed within us that we don't even recognize are ones that were ingrained from, from like age four, you know, like at age three and four is when we're super susceptible to um, picking up different belief systems. And for, for example, for me, it was um, this deep fear of being misunderstood. When I speak, people aren't going to understand me. And that stemmed from my upbringing and not being understood. Uh, a lot of the people that I work with have fears around visibility. So all of my clients and people that come to my events are people who have purposes that are really looking to bring their purpose to the masses. But they're getting in their own way. And the way in which we get in our own way is we let our fears and, and beliefs run our life versus us running those things. And so the biggest fears that I run into are the fear of being visible. And the fear of being visible comes with a whole array of things. Because when I'm visible, people will judge me. When I'm visible, people will see right through me. When I'm visible, people will think I'm not an expert. Um, when I'm visible, people won't think I have anything important to say. Like there's a lot of things that come with being visible. Um, so that is one of the, the ones that I really, really work with my clients on and have seen um, in, in multiple clients. And then the other one is the, the fear of failure. And we have this fear of failure because our entire lives we're taught to win. We're taught to do things right. If we fail, um, you know, some of us had parents that really reprimanded us when we didn't ha get good grades and it sucked and we'd be grounded and all these things. And so we pick up this notion that failure is bad, you know, failure holds us back. And so when people find themselves in situations of failure, that's when they kind of stutter and they're like, I don't know what to do. Um, so that's a lot of what I work with. But so much of this, you know, the fear... I always differentiate fear and beliefs because our beliefs are things that we can change. Like if I have a story in my head that when I speak, I am misunderstood, I can rewrite, rewrite that story and say, well, I speak clearly and I'm always understood. But if I have a, a, a fear, a fear of failure, the only way through that is you've got to fail and then teach yourself something different. Um, so I always describe fear as a wall. People feel failure or feel fear. And it's like this giant wall, invisible, of course, pops up in front of them and they look at it and they're like, yep, I'm not doing that. And they go the other way. And it's like, no, fear is actually inviting you to move towards it. The reason we feel fear is because it's innate. It's not something we're going to get rid of. So as long as you're growing and transforming and evolving, you're going to experience fear. We are born with the ability to feel fear. So it's not about becoming fearless. It's about what you do when you're faced with fear. Um, so that, that's a lot of what I work with, um, with my clients and, uh, it's just what, us getting in our own way. What, what do you, what do you say about, cause I, I've heard you talk about the mix, the victim mentality. And, yeah. and there's so much of that going on. I mean, how do you address that? Yeah. So we're in a time 
in as a society in America where there's a lot of voices that are feeling the freedom to express themselves for the first time ever. And for all the, those voices, I say I honor those voices. And when we want things to change, we have to then own our experiences. Now, this doesn't mean that uh, by owning something, it makes it your fault. That's not what being a victim or a victor is all about. Bad things happen. You know, I was molested as a child when I was 10 years old. And that is something that really, like I held onto for a lot of years and I hadn't worked through that for a lot of years and I, I was victimizing myself. It's not the incident that, that you have to forgive. Like it's not that person. It's like you giving yourself the freedom to move forward from it. Who can you become from that experience. I, I see myself now as resilient and strong. And I see myself as someone who can get through anything that life throws my way. As long as you are seeing yourself as a victim, as long as you're pointing the finger or placing blame, you are giving your power to whomever it is that you're pointing the finger at. If you want change, that starts with you and with everything that's going on in our climate right now. And, and, and please do not misunderstand me to anyone listening. I am a big advocate of the Me Too movement and a big advocate for women's voices being heard. And at the same time, this is an era for us to do something about it. You know, so instead of just finger pointing. Let's come together and collectively come up with situ a, a solution of how we want to move forward because that's what is being called to at the forefront of our, our society right now is how do we then want to move forward from here? Well, I, I just uh, I want to remind everybody real quick, well, well said. I want to remind everybody that this is Wealth on the Beach with Daniel Alonzo. Our guest is Ruby Freeman. And uh, man, this is a great conversation. I love it. I'm learning. I, I am learning so much right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, got a couple real quick um, things that I want to ask. Look, when, when people are, are maybe nervous about what other people think about, I, I think that's a big challenge. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, why is it that people are so afraid of what the world is going to say? I mean, ultimately, mm -hmm. I mean, does it really matter? And in the, in the grand scheme of things, does it really, really matter? I mean, what? what? Yeah, I love that you brought this up. Um, it's a topic I love speaking about. In fact, it's actually like a topic in built into my digital training um, uh -huh. is the haters. You know, everyone, yeah, everyone fears the haters. And, and there is a real psychological reason for us doing this. So uh, we've heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So one of our basic needs as a human being is to feel loved and accepted. You know, this, is, this comes from our tribal nature. You know, we, we are raised in family packs, like packs of people. So we always have this inner innate desire need to feel like we belong somewhere. So when anything rubs up or causes friction against one of our basic needs, um, you're going to feel fear and hesitation towards doing that thing. So 
in this specific scenario, it's, you know, let's say like I had a client who was really scared of coming out. Um, she was coming out and she lived, she's in a culture that is, um, that doesn't necessarily support the coming out process. And she was so fearful of that. And now she's a massive advocate for this work and is speaking in front of crowds of 500 people. Uh, so much of that was overcoming that fear of like, what are people going to say? Are people going to disown me? Are people going to judge me and then not want to be friends with me or hate on me? And it's because it's, it's rubbing up against that basic need of feeling as though you are loved and you belong somewhere. So once you start to unpack it in that way, like this is just a basic need. We're all meant to feel this fear. Everyone feels it at some point. I mean, I think I, some of the greatest speakers like Tony Robbins has even said he still gets nervous before he goes on stage. You know, like we all, all experience this. Just some people experience it a little more amplified because they haven't used their voice as much as, you know, people like me. When I first started doing this stuff, like doing videos, I mean, please don't scroll back to my very first YouTube video. But if you do, you'll notice a big difference between my first YouTube video to like one that is just filmed today because I've gotten so comfortable with speaking my voice. And I, what's important to me is getting my message out in the world. I know people are going to judge. I know people are going to hate. I have haters on my Instagram all the time, but that doesn't stop me because I also know that I am loved and I belong with my family, with my close friends. And as long as I am consciously aware of that and I keep that in the forefront, then the other stuff doesn't matter. The other shit doesn't matter at all. So just be aware. Because you, know, you know people are saying that you just get a lot of followers because you're a nice-looking woman. And right. that's why you're getting a lot of followers on Instagram and people are following you. And, I mean, you, you probably have heard some crazy, crazy things. Have you through the years? I mean, yeah, have you gotten for, I, I've heard that too. I, I mean, I've been hated on for a lot of things. And uh, uh, I have a tendency to call out on things that I don't agree with because I, I like to be free spoken. And those are the ones that usually uh, I'll attract a lot of haters is when people disagree with my opinions. But that's not going to stop me from sharing my opinion. And I ensure that every opinion that I share, or everything that I share online is something that I can stand a thousand percent behind. Because when you don't stand behind what you have to say, that is when the haters can get to you because they're going to debate you and you're going to be left there dumbfounded, not knowing how to react or what to say, because you're not a thousand percent grounded in your truth and what you're sharing. So just make sure like whatever it is that you're sharing is, is ultimately your truth. Absolutely. Love that. Love that. All right. We are uh, winding this down. I mean, this is awesome, awesome stuff. Um, well, by the way, uh, Anthony Robbins is one of my heroes as well. One of my early mentors, I actually, uh, when I first got into business in 1996, the first seminar, major seminar that I went to was his. Awesome. Actually, my aunt, my aunt was in his infomercial. I had like a second aunt that was in his infomercial in the 90s. Very, very successful real estate uh, uh, broker. And uh, she took me to his event and it changed my life. I mean, I mm-hmm. did his 30-day program, walked on fire. I mean, yeah. it just, it changed my life. So when you talked about NLP, I knew that you would be, I knew that you might mention Anthony. So, hey, look, um, tell us about ASL 
Amplified Soul Live. Tell us about that. And, and why are you so excited about this event that you're doing in February, I think, right, of next year? Yeah, this is my annual three-day event. And Amplified Soul Live is all about helping you amplify your presence, your influence, and your impact. Uh, this is an event that the word event doesn't really fully describe it. It's an experience and who it is for. It is for that new generation of thought leaders, the people who have a purpose, but are seeking the tools and strategies to boldly stand out and be recognized for the work that they're doing in the world. And so by attending this event, you're going to get those strategies. You're going to get tools on how to really bring your message to the masses. And not only that, but you'll connect with a a community of like minds who are actually going to support you along the way. Because one of the things that has become very important to me is community. And so a lot of the things that I build, such as ASL, has a community component because we can rise up on our own, but we can rise up stronger together. So Amplified Soul Live is a totally immersive, integrative experience. You're not just going to be sitting on your butts watching me on stage. You're going to be behind the mic. You're going to be doing some crazy shit uh, because I love to do somatic experiences. Um, And you will leave. Like one of the things that I have experienced with attendees in the last two events is everyone leaves a completely different person. Uh, I've had people pivot their entire business the following month after leaving ASL because they realized what it is that they're really here to do and they, they're ready to become unapologetic about doing it. So if you're really ready to, to lead your purpose unapologetically and, and get the tools to really craft your message and put yourself out there in a big way, then you're going to want to be at this event. Love that. Love that. And by the way, uh, we are uh, doing a vision tour, the vision tour. I don't know uh, if, if, I mean, we're talking about it, we're in talks yeah. right now, possibly having you a part of our event on January 19th, actually in Ontario, yes. California. So we should have a huge, huge turnout. We will have probably, we're, 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 we're fighting for 2000 people, but there'll be at least a thousand to 2000 people there. It will be an amazing experience. Tim story and, uh, uh, uh Sharon Lecter. So we're going to be talking about business talking about creating great businesses, but also at the same time, making sure it it aligns with our purpose and making sure that uh, we're doing the things that are ultimately going to fulfill us to become the best versions of ourselves and be happy, man. I mean, ultimately, don't you want to be happy? I want to be happy. I want to live a great life. I mean, I, and I, look, I've been blessed. I mean, I, I figured out what, what I wanted to do from a young age. I mean, I was 21 years old and I figured out what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And, you know, that was the business that I'm in right now. And so I've been very, very, I was so lucky that I found that, but I also had a lot of mentors. I had a lot of coaches that, mm-hmm. that guided me along the way. Do you have a coach? Like, who would you say is your like coach, coach or mentor in life? I have many, I have multiple. And, um, ever since I got into coaching, I had a coach, uh, this year has been more so working with my coaches in workshop formats because I wanted to really integrate. I'd been working one-on-one with different co- coaches, um, Jen Scalia, Amateo Ra. Um, I do a lot of Rich Litvin's work and he is someone that I actually serve at his own events um, because I love his work so much. And, you know, it's like if you're not sharpening your tools – Uh, with your coaches, with your mentors, by attending workshops, whatever it is, then your tools are going to get dull. So (laughs) 
<laughs> I am always, always Agreed. doing that. But yeah, um, it's so important. It's so important to people who, who guide us because there is so much that I don't know, you know, and when you come to the, when you come at it from this angle of like, I don't know everything, it's so much easier to build the successful, um, fulfilling life and career that you love because you're open to learning and you're not keeping yourself stuck. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, Hey, look, I mean, this is, this has been uh, an incredible few minutes. I mean, a rebel without a cause <laughs> started as a rebel, um, you know, just uh, had some toxic relationships, but made a decision, made that one decision to get out, get out of those bad relationships, get out of those toxic relationships, uh, listen to yourself, get aligned, find joy and happiness, man. I think that life's too dang short, man. We got to live with some joy. We got to be happy. We got to laugh. I mean, sometimes I, sometimes I don't laugh enough. Mm -hmm. And then I, I get home and I tell my son, cause my son's extremely funny. He's a funny little kid. And I yeah. tell him, all right, tell me a joke. I'll pay you five bucks. You know? so <laughs> I, I, I got my own comedian in my home. It's, it's, it's incredible. And so look, don't let our fears stop us, you know, and, and look, people want to want it. They want mm -hmm. to, they got to want to want it. They, they got to be the person that wants it bad enough. And uh, rock bottom is a great place to build, man. I mean, this was nuggets, man, gold nuggets. I hope everybody uh, follows you. So tell us how they're going to follow you. Tell us how do we get a hold of you. Yeah, feel free to stalk me online. I am on all the social media platforms at I am Ruby. I frequent Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter the most. Um, I also have a YouTube channel at I am Ruby. Um, and you can, of course, find me on my website, rubyframon.com. That's also where you'll find information on my event and trainings and other good stuff. All right, all my friends uh, uh, with uh, Wealth on the Beach, thank you so much for, uh, for getting on today. But look, please share this podcast. I mean, it's free. My goodness, we can't, you can't get freer than free. Uh, <laughs> share it, all right? If you've got some good stuff, I mean, because you know there are people out there that need to hear some of the stuff that was talked about today. Share it with them. Um, and I just want to remind everybody, we do have the Wealth on the Beach Club every Wednesday. I actually do a, a private Facebook group one hour with me, lessons, Q&As. Uh, check me out on Facebook, Instagram if you don't know who I am. I also have a, a website, alonzoacademy.com. Check that out if you want to read my in, in entire story and bio. And uh, as always, subscribe to my YouTube channel. There's tons and tons of free content on there. Ruby, you rock. And I want to remind everybody to dream bigger than ever, but make sure that you do it now. God bless. See you soon.